Thank you, Sheila. It is Pentecost Sunday. Have you noticed? It's red. And we are uh, glad that you are here. Thank you so much. Um, talk about the Holy Spirit a lot on Pentecost Sunday. And this song that we are going to do now, She Flies On, is all about that. The Holy Spirit um, flying on through our midst, through history, and on into the future. Uh, Trish Nilsson is here to play flute for us. And uh, She Flies On. You'll have a refrain up on the wall that you're welcome to sing along with as well. She comes sailing on the wind, her wings flashing in the sun, on a journey just begun, she flies on, and in the passage of her flight, her song rings out through the night, full of laughter, full of light, she flies on. Silent waters rocking on the morning of our birth, like an empty cradle waiting to be filled. And from the heart of God, the Spirit moved upon the earth Like a mother breathing life into her child She comes sailing on the wind Her wings flashing in the sun On a journey just begun She flies on And in the passage of her flight her song rings out through the night, full of laughter, full of light, she flies on. Many were the dreamers whose eyes were given sight, when the Spirit filled their dreams with life and form. And deserts turned to gardens, Broken hearts now found new delight, and then down the ages still she flew on. She comes sailing on the wind, her wings flashing in the sun, on a journey just begun. She flies on, and in the passage of her flight, her song rings out through the night, full of laughter, full of light, she flies on. Long after the deep darkness that fell upon the world, after dawn returned in flame of rising sun, the Spirit touched the earth again, again her wings unfurled, bringing life in wind and fire as she flew on. She comes sailing on the wind, her wings flashing in the sun, on a journey just begun, she flies on, and in the passage of her flight, her song rings out through the night, full of laughter, full of 
Good morning. She flies on. Thank you. Thank you to all of our musicians. You also see the uh, bell choir is there ready to play for us uh, this morning. Not in their usual black. They're in the spirit of Pentecost, so they're in red uh, this morning. Uh, It is a very joyful day in our life. You see the table is set uh, for Holy Communion. It's the birthday of the church. We'll be looking at the Pentecost story. And you also see that we are celebrating at the uh, late service Uh, So that means we are all celebrating today uh, as Hayden and Holden, two, or not two twins, they are twins, twin boys, cute as can be, two and a half years old, going to be baptized at the late service. So just a joyful day for us. And we're honored by your presence, and a hello to all those who are joining us online this morning. The order of service printed for you, um, and everything will be projected. So if it's comfortable for you, I'd invite you to stand. Gathered in God's house on this Pentecost Sunday, we worship in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We lift our voices, holy, holy, holy. of reading. We worship one God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We worship one God. One God with us always. One God in birth and death. One God with us always. Always. Inspire our loving. Come, Holy Spirit. Send us love. Send us power. Send us grace. 
our hymn of praise, You Are Holy. gathered here to praise you. We have come to experience community, to be uplifted, fed, and forgiven, to celebrate with Hayden and Holden. Inspire us in our gathering that we may be scattered to ministry. We pray in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. Please be seated. There is the sea, great and wide, creeping things innumerable are there, living things both small and great. There go the ships and Leviathan that you form to sport in it. These all look to you to give them their food in due season. When you give to them, they gather it up. When you open your hand, they are filled with good things. When you hide your face, they are dismayed. When you take away their breath, they die and return to their dust. When you send forth your spirit, they are created and you are renewed. You renew the face of the ground. May the glory of the Lord endure forever. 
May the Lord rejoice in the works. The word of the Lord. Thank you, Adele Choir and James. Take a nap. Uh, you were working 
awful hard over there. Um, they're going to pull that table out of the way for keep the fire chief happy. Make it so we can get through for communion. Linda Neverman, come on up here for a moment, though. Linda? Linda, come on. No, come on. Come on. And uh, as Linda comes up, I'm calling on our, our church council president, Jan Wright. And I think, Jan, why don't you use a microphone so they can hear you. Uh, just so you know, uh, Linda's been leading the bell choir for 24 years, and that is uh, three times as long as the Beatles were together, uh, just for perspective. But uh, our church council president, Jan Wright. For nearly a quarter of a century, the maestro of our bells has been one dedicated woman, Linda Neverman. Today, we pause to remember her journey and recognize her achievements. Within the first week of attendance at TLC, Linda joined the small choir at the Little Church, directed by our ever-encouraging Carl Olson. In the fall of 1996, the congregation dedicated the newly constructed sanctuary. During the next year, Les and Connie LaRosse donated the first five octaves of bells, and Carl organized the first bell choir. Carl then recruited Linda to direct the second year, even though she had little experience with bells. Linda jumped full-heartedly into her role as bell choir director in 1998. She went to workshops, attended bell concerts, and did lots of reading. In 1999, as a memorial to their dads, Linda and her husband Jim donated the fourth octave and upper fifth so they could play more music. During her second year directing, Linda started the chair bringers for kids in first through fifth grades. The challenge of tired, fidgety children after a day of school kept her busy, but thriving. She adapted and wrote music, especially for them. She says they were adorable to watch as they learned their music. You could see their pride on Sunday mornings. In June, at the end of their each musical year, she invited those cherub children to a slumber party at her house and then made pancakes for them for the next morning. <laughs> Mission Bells for Beginner Ringers, older than fifth grade, debuted the same year as the cherubs. Ringers could start out at Mission Bells and then move to the Trinity Bells when an opening became available. By 2002, dedicated to the growing music program, Linda and Jim purchased and donated four octaves of chimes and the upper fifth. Bells presented three concerts a year, performed at one of the first Habitat for Humanity home, homes that were built on the island, hosted a youth bell choir from Des Moines, Washington, played at the live TLC Nativity, at Meerkirk Gardens, and at Maple Ridge, at the end of each musical year, she and her husband hosted a pig-out barbecue for their home for all the church musicians. Not only have musicians played bells and chimes, but through Linda's creativity, they have also played wooden sticks with blocks, water in aluminum tubs, pill, shaker, pill bottles of shakers, tennis balls for timing, and boom whackers for novelty. Yes, they smacked hymnals with pitched boom whackers that looked like pool noodles of differing lengths. Cherubs and Mission Bells lasted for about 10 years. Mission Bells came back. 
Linda's energies then focused mainly on Trinity Bells. She also organized and hosted adult Sunday school classes, and she created fantastic, incredible decorations for several years of Vacation Bible School. Linda retires from directing bell choirs in her 24th year. Hundreds of people have participated in ringing with her. Linda has been a blessing, a gift of talent and enthusiasm, patience and perseverance. We celebrate her achievements and thank her for those years of service. If you've ever rung bells with her, would you stand up? If you've ever, yeah, there you go. If you've ever um, helped her make Vacation Bible School decorations, stand up with them. If you have ever gone to an adult forum, stand up. <laughs> if you've ever heard the bells play, would you stand up? <laughs> These are the people whose lives you defected. Thank you, Linda. <laughs> so we're Steve. Steve is coming forward, um, and uh, he, he, Linda, on behalf of the Grateful Congregation, uh, the Church Council, our staff, honored love member of our staff, now let's not cry, <laughs> either of us, Steve, go ahead. The, uh, there'll be a cake, a cake in the coffee hour, and uh, there'll be uh, a more frivolity with Linda, not outside of worship, but we love you. Not low key. <laughs> it is low key. You may be seated. Thank you. It is low key, Linda. I mean, usually have to die to have things like this happen. Ah, so thankful. So thankful for the bell choir, for our musicians, for Linda, but uh, for those who brought cookies in this morning, and for everything you do, and our Sunday school teachers and. Uh, this is what the church is about, and so just thank you for that. Um, this is a really difficult Sunday to, to preach. Uh, we have Holy Communion today. Uh, we're rejoicing with Holden and Hayden as they're baptized. We're honoring the beloved staff member, and it's read everywhere. It's Pentecost. And I get all that into an hour, so to translate, uh, I need to keep this short, and uh, that's what's hard, you know. So I was with presiding Bishop Eaton uh, of the ELCA a few weeks ago, and she said, when it comes to preaching, pastors should have one point, but never less. <laughs> I'll explain it to you in the coffee hour. Uh, my plan then this morning is to kind of take this Pentecost story and kind of simplify the story and to have only one point. And hopefully when you walk out this morning, you'll know what that one point is. Okay, Pentecost. Imagine for a moment that you're at work, or you're at the health club, or you're at rotary meeting, or you're at school with friends, or you're sitting on the ferry visiting, and someone you're sitting with, a companion, says, hey, hey you're, you're a Christian. Can you tell me the Pentecost story? What happened in Pentecost? Pentecost. They needed a, they needed a, uh, a building in Washington, D.C. for the administration of the military. So September 11th, 1941, they constructed the Pentagon, right? Yeah, it's a five-sided building, but not really right. Listen now to the story from the second chapter of Acts. Pentecost, 50 days, 
50 days after Easter, 10 days after the ascension of Jesus, the disciples are in Jerusalem. But they're not alone in Jerusalem. No, there are hundreds of thousands of religious pilgrims who had come to Jerusalem for the Jewish celebration of the spring harvest, the festival of Pentecost. It was observed every year exactly 50 days after Passover. And Pentecost was a really big deal 2,000 years ago, still is in Israel. All Jewish men were required to make the pilgrimage to Jerusalem for Pentecost every year if they could, but at least one year in their lives. They were required. Now look at this map. This gives you a sense. Do you see Jerusalem in blue in the middle? That's Jerusalem. Three continents are meeting on this tiny strip of land the size of New Jersey. Africa, Asia, and Europe, the ancient world was connected by Palestine. So whoever controlled Palestine controlled the commerce and the trade, the route that was known as the Via Maris, or the Way of the Sea. Consequently, Alexander the Great, the pharaohs of Egypt, the emperors of Rome, all desired to control this tiny strip that's modern-day Israel. In a very real way, the ancient Roman world met, or at least passed through, Palestine. Also marked on this map, you will see the location of the different countries that are mentioned in Acts 2 in the Pentecost story. Cyrene, Crete, Egypt, Judea, Arabia, Elam, Media, the Parthian Empire, Mesopotamia, Cappadocia, Pontus, Pamphylia, Phrygia, Asia, and Rome. You see how those arrows are all coming into Jerusalem. They came from their villages and their towns, from every corner of the Roman Empire and beyond. The men in the villages would wait. They would wait their turn to go. And every year, a few of them would be chosen to represent the village in Jerusalem. And those who stayed behind would support those who were chosen. They would mind their business interests for them or help with their families that they might go. You see, it was a community effort, and everyone would anticipate their return and the amazing stories that they would share, inspired, enlightened, informed by the news from far-off lands, they would come home. Consequently, during the three major pilgrimage festivals, the population of Jerusalem would swell. Hundreds of thousands of people would walk the dusty trails and Roman roads. They would sail the seas or travel for weeks to arrive in the holy city. It was a festival, a time of great celebration, a time of worship and sacrifice. There was wine, and there was festival, food, and there was song. Fifty days after Easter, the Christian movement was not moving. It was a seemingly inconsequential outgrowth of Judaism. It was entirely local. The handful of women and men who were still following Jesus were hiding out in Jerusalem or in the Galilee. And they had nothing, really. You see, their lives had 
revolved totally around Jesus. Now, Jesus had left them. He had ascended, and he left them telling them to change the world, to go to the ends of the earth, to share grace, to speak words of forgiveness and hope. But 10 days after the ascension, they were going nowhere. They loved Jesus, but they were not sure what to do without him. They were not sure how to share the good news. That's where we enter the story. Fifty days after Passover, the city of Jerusalem overflowing with pilgrims from every corner of the empire. They had gathered here to celebrate. They were religious people. And what were they wearing? They were wearing the clothes of their own culture, and they were speaking their own languages, and they were bringing news from their part of the world. They came in all shapes and colors to Jerusalem. As the sun rose that morning, there were perhaps 20 followers. That's all. 20 followers of Jesus in the entire world. Jesus had told them to wait in Jerusalem. They had been promised the gift of the Holy Spirit, whatever that was. They waited, and they waited. And as they waited, the world literally gathered in Jerusalem. That's when it happened. Unplanned, unexpected. Suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind. The sound filled every empty space and there was fire. Fire that could not burn out or burn them. Fire that would inspire awe. And then the followers of Jesus began to speak. They spoke in languages other than their own. They spoke in the languages of Egypt and Arabia and Asia and Italy. And their words, it's important, their words were not unintelligible. Speaking in tongues was not senseless babble. That's my job. (laughs) Their words were not unintelligible. In fact, the very opposite was true. They spoke in the tongues of other lands, and the pilgrims gathered in Jerusalem heard in their own language the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, as you might imagine, everyone who saw this was amazed. They were perplexed, but some were offended because, well, religious people are always offended, it seems. Some doubted. Others claimed that the followers of Jesus had been drinking too much. Then Peter stood in their midst. He took the handheld mic, and he began to preach for all he was worth. The Spirit of the Lord was upon him. The Holy Spirit inspired his words. He told them of the life and death of Jesus. He spoke of miracles that he had witnessed himself. He spoke of the amazing grace of God, and he proclaimed the miracle of Easter, the resurrection. When they heard this preaching, they were cut to the heart, and they called out to Peter and the other disciples saying, What should we do? Please tell us. Peter said, repent and be baptized. Every one of you, your sins will be forgiven. There's no need to make sacrifices at the temple anymore. You will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You will be birthed to new life. The promise is for you, but it's also for your children and all of those people back in those villages, the people of the world. And you know what happened next? They came to the water. 
They came to be baptized. They took off their outer garments and they were splashed with the waters of grace. 30 people were baptized. And then 30 more. And then 30 more. And then 100 more. And before the day was done, 3,000 were baptized. The quilters at the Lutheran church had to work overtime. (laughs) What happened next? They went home. That's right, they went home. They went home to Egypt and Cyrene. They went home to Cappadocia and Rome. They returned to their villages and their hamlets. And as they arrived home, you know, all the town folk, they were there. They were saying, hey, how was your trip? Was your pilgrimage all that you'd hoped for? Did anything out of the ordinary happen or was it the same old church stuff? And the 3,000, still flying high from their mountaintop experience in Jerusalem, said, gather in, gather in, please. Let me tell you about Jesus. Let me tell you about grace. Did you know that God is loving and kind? Did you know that we can be forgiven? Gather in, gather in. Let me tell you about Jesus. Let me tell you a story that will change your life and change the world. That's Pentecost. Pentecost changed the Jesus movement as the Jesus story was scattered across the world. You look at that map, and let me ask you, if you were going to try to change the world, where would you launch that effort from? Might that tiny strip of land that connected three continents be a good place to start? There were 20 followers of Jesus when the morning started, and they were isolated in a country the size of New Jersey. But by evening, there were 3,020 followers of Jesus, and they spoke many languages, and they represented many cultures, and they were many colors, and they were uniquely qualified to take the good news back to their home communities. And so they went home. And that's the key. The 3,000 left the holy city, inspired by the Holy Spirit, and they went home. You see, the church is a gathering place, but it's not meant to be home. 2,000 years ago, they gathered and they scattered from Jerusalem. 2,000 years later, we gather here every week only to be scattered back to Green Bank and Oak Harbor and Boeing to your neighborhoods and your workplaces. Let's be very clear. Your church staff, we love you. We absolutely love you. But we don't want you to move in. (laughs) The church is not your home. The church is a place to have your batteries charged, to fill up your tanks with grace, to be fed and forgiven, and then, for Christ's sake, go home. (laughs) Literally. That was not a swear word. I meant literally. There's only one point in this sermon. We are gathered only to be scattered. Can you say that? We are gathered only to be scattered. Gathering and scattering are equally important. So I'd like to end with a brief time lapse. This will be a visual image that illustrates the gathering and scattering of God's people. This is a scene from a cemetery in France. But this is what the church should look like. The people come from far and near. They gather and they scatter. 
And if you look at this picture, the only ones who stay put are dead. You see, Jesus needs us to gather, and we need to gather that we might be empowered and inspired for Christian service in the villages and workplaces and homes where only we can go. Gathering and scattering, it's God's way. On Pentecost, the world came to Jerusalem, and soon the Holy Spirit would scatter the faithful to the ends of the earth. Now, when you're sitting on that ferry and someone says, tell me about Pentecost, (laughs) you know what to say. I would invite you to stand. We're going to sing our hymn of the day, When You Send Forth the Spirit, We Are Renewed. Spirit, we are renewed, we are renewed. When you send forth your spirit, we are renewed, we are renewed. Manifold your works, O God of might, maker of the earth, the air, the light, waters great and wide, and all therein, creatures that abide, let life on Tom here for a minute. You okay, Tom? You give one thumbs up. Butch, are we okay? Hmm? Okay, if we need to call 911, let's do that. Tom, you're surrounded by people who love you. share our uh, prayers of the church, you'll have a yellow response, um, and I invite you to stand, and uh, let's just, uh, before we
we begin with the prayers and the responses, let's just bow our heads. Gracious God, our our hearts are with uh, Tom and Miriam. Uh, We pray for all who are coming to give him care, that they have wisdom. We pray that he would be, uh, both of them would be surrounded by your spirit, by the love of this place and people who love them, by the promises uh, of the gospel that we live by. We pray uh, our, our, our love to them, uh, wherever this may lead, uh, trusting in you, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Spirit of life, your breath of life fills the whole world and holds all things together. Breathe on me, breath of God. You are the source of life that brings life to the world, whole life, full life unhindered, indestructible, everlasting life. Fill me with life anew. The life of the Spirit which sends Christ into the world is the power of the resurrection which brings us new life. The sending of your spirit is the revelation of God's indestructible affirmation of life and marvelous joy in life. Jesus, where you are, there is life. Where you are, sick people are healed, sad people are comforted, Marginalized people are accepted, and demons of death are driven out. Breathe on Where your Holy Spirit is present, there is life. May we know the powers and energies of eternal life. We affirm and love so much that we protest against death and all the powers that disseminate death. Help us in our quest. Send your spirit so that this world should not perish, but live. Spirit of the new creation, be with Hayden and Holden and their family as the fresh waters of baptism draw them into the loving embrace of the larger community of God. Spirit of God, renew the face of the earth. As we go forth, give us hearts of flesh for hearts of stone, that we may love as you would love and do what you would do. Amen. Peace of the Lord be with you. We share a sign of peace and greeting with one another. Thank you for sharing that piece. Uh, they said the aid car is here, and they said Tom was looking to be much better. Okay, so let's. Uh, 
Keep Tom and, and Miriam in your prayers, and we will uh, give you a report back on that. But they said he was looking much better once he got away from my preaching. <laughs> Lots of announcements printed in your bulletin. Altar flowers uh, from uh, Ron and Pat Rice in memory of their son, Ron Jr. Thank you, Ron and Pat. Thank you very much. Um, new members class uh, next Saturday morning and then the following Sunday. So if you can make either one of those classes, Robin's got information out in the narthex about that. Uh, but Robin and I will be with you next uh, Saturday morning, 9 a.m. If you want to come out for a new members class, find out more about our church uh, and uh, our life together. You have that as well. Um, Let's see. You can sign up for summer music, right, Carl? Out right in the Narthex. No you talent needed. Uh, just, <laughs> just, yeah. just go ahead and there's a sign up out there for any, any Sunday uh, that you'd like to help out with summer music. Uh, that's when the bell choir takes a break and the choir takes a break and you get a chance to uh, play for us. Um, so lots of other announcements there. I just encourage you to take note of those as they apply to you. Get involved. It's your church. Now, I want to give you an opportunity this morning. We just talked about Pentecost, 3,000 baptisms, and we've got these cute little twins. If you want to stick around for the late service, they're going to be baptized here, uh, Hayden and Holden. And, but I want to give you a chance to think about if I had the opportunity to do it all over again, would I be baptized? Would I follow Jesus? So what I'm taking is the baptismal font, this is the old, old baptismal font that was in the over 100-year-old uh, baptismal font in the old building. Uh, so until 1996, when we moved up here, everyone was baptized out of this font. And this is water from the sink in the back. <laughs> and we know that the water is uh, common, like bread and wine are common elements, that's how God comes to us in common elements. So I'm going to put this out here, and when you come forward for communion, you'll have an opportunity to say on this Pentecost, yes, I would do it all over. I would follow Jesus again. If it's comfortable for you, I'd invite you to stand as we move to the table. We gather now at a table that welcomed our parents and grandparents, a table that will welcome Christians of a variety of colors, a variety of denominations in all nations of the world. As we do so, we remember then a Thursday night in an upper room in Jerusalem. It was the night in which he was betrayed. Our Lord Jesus took the bread gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. And again, after supper, he took the cup and gave thanks. And he gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. Let us pray now as Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. 
These are the gifts of God for you, the people of God. All are welcome. Please come. You may be seated. life 
us now with faith and courage to the hungry lost bereaved in our living and our dying we become what we receive Christ so mighty blessed and broken the overflowing life outflowed given as the living token of your world redeemed Now may the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen you and keep you now and always in God's grace. Amen. Fed and forgiven, as you scatter from this place of worship to your own places of service, may God bless you and keep you. May God's face shine on you and be gracious to you. May God look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And the bell choir has got ascending for us.
Lord, send him, spirit of gentleness. 